Hi there, and welcome to the first Comics Youth DIC and Marginal podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ella Kahan Taylor, who will be discussing their debut novel, Stars Can't Shine Without Darkness, which will be published by the Marginal Publishing House in early 2023. And for those that don't know, Marginal is a revolution in publishing, led by young people for young people. Marginal is the first youth-led publisher of its kind in the UK. With it, we hope not to just change the landscape of young people's reading in the UK, but we also strive to use Marginal as a platform with which to nurture marginalised talent and express a diverse set of voices and experiences which are currently going unheard. Working closely with young creators to help them realise and develop their vision, Marginal aims to publish a diverse collection of books which reflect the full diaspora of identities, backgrounds, experiences and perspectives of being a marginalised young person today. And um, I'm your host for today, Rihanna Griffiths, the slightly chaotic, uh, well, slightly chaotic, mostly chaotic MD of Comics Youth. Thanks for your time. Hi there, could you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Ella and I'm 15 years old. I'm a part of the Marginal Leadership Programme at Comics Youth. I've been writing Stars Can't Shine Without Darkness over the past two years now, and I am so excited to tell you more about it in this podcast. Um, My book is a YA contemporary novel about a teenage girl called Bonnie and her journey navigating her school life. The school takes place after the 2020 lockdown, and like a lot of other young people, Bonnie has found that everyone important to her has changed from how they used to be. The story is about learning to accept your differences and accept how people grow and change at different rates and how friendships can change throughout secondary school. So, Ella, what is the key theme and our message of your book? Um, one of the main themes throughout the book is change. The book discusses how people deal with change differently, how everyone goes through some form of difficult change in life, and most importantly, how you shouldn't change yourself to please others. Another theme, also in the second half, is mental health and the pressure being put on young people in school today. Personally, I feel that, from my experience in secondary school, that mental health is spoken about often, for example, in lessons like PSHE. However, I feel that schools don't acknowledge the pressure that is put on young people and the effect that this can have mentally. So this is one of the key themes in my book because it's so important for me to be talked about. That's so, so good. That was perfect, Ella. The end. Oh, I got my thing. I didn't make sense at the end, like my last sentence. No, no, it made sense to me. Um, in term- Yeah, yeah, I'll just ask a few, like, more follow-up stuff as well. So, in terms of talking about mental health, why do you feel like it's not discussed in schools? Well, I do think mental health is discussed in schools, but I don't think the effect that schools have on mental health is spoken uh. about. And... I don't think this is spoken about because I don't think that secondary schools believe that they can change this. I don't think they can, I don't think they feel that they can change how, how do I make this make sense? That's okay. (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is schools feel that they can't change how young people feel pressure. For example, in exams and stuff, for me personally, I get very stressed in exams and I don't think schools think that they can help with that I don't know if that was a very good answer no it does so so from your perspective do you sometimes feel like schools 
really focus on you as output, so what your exam results are, but they don't think about yourselves in terms of aftercare for what happens for the stress that you go through preparing for your exams. So there's a lot of stress leading up to it and it happens, but it's not managed from a school perspective in terms of well-being. Yes, I think in some cases it can be, but in terms of assessment and homework, I think that school prioritise the results other, rather than the learning aspect of school. That's such an interesting... I think you're absolutely right there. I think that a lot of people don't know how, especially in your shoes, they don't know how to communicate how they're feeling about school pressure. But maybe that schools aren't being responsive to having that conversation. So maybe there should be more of a dialogue between pupils and educators about what school is in the 21st century and what school is now after the pandemic because I'm conscious that your book touches on the pressures of the pandemic and managing your mental health during the pandemic and the after effects of this as well which I think is so important to talk about. Question number three so what was your inspiration for the story Ella? Um, when I came back to school after lockdown much like Bonnie and probably a lot of young people I found that everything was different. Of course, it was different due to restrictions put in place and stuff, but I feel that like the atmosphere around school and my year seven friendships felt so different. You know, we had six months of school with little to no contact with friends other than through social media, of course, and texting. And then when we went back to school, we had spent so much time apart that we had grown apart because we had six months to ourselves where we had time to develop as people on our own and we couldn't share this with our friends. And so these feelings and this event, I guess you could say, is what inspired me to write the story for Bonnie. I felt that everybody had changed and now I didn't feel the same and I think Bonnie is having that, those same feelings. Wow, that's such a big thing to explore, isn't it? And the fact that you can identify the changes in yourself from pre and post lockdown is such a big thing for your age. And it must have been so difficult going back to school with everyone changing so much. Did, did you find it difficult initially? Um, I definitely found the friendship side of things different because everybody had changed. Mm-hmm. In terms of like restrictions and stuff, I personally didn't struggle with that side of returning to school. Mm-hmm. But with friendships and everybody changing, I definitely struggled. In what ways do people change, if you mind me asking? Um, people can grow on their own. And because we had six months of school, we had that time to ourselves to grow on our own. And so that growth is different to how you change in a school environment. Mm. Uh, that's perfectly put, Ella. I, I, I think that's... I, I wish... I, I think that it... Just to say a side division to this, you would make an excellent counsellor one day because you've got such really? a high... Oh, definitely! I feel like you've got such a high degree of emotional intelligence to be able to identify everything that's going on and the way that people are changing to these experiences. It's just such... It's just so amazing. I mean, I... Thank oh, you so no. much. I mean, Ella, like, how let everyone know how old you are just to be open about things. So how... Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm 14, but at the time that this comes out, I'll be 15. I, I feel like the way that you write is like you're a wise, a wild, a wise older person that is helping my inner child heal from the experiences that, you're, that your character's having because I can identify so much of myself from the awkwardness that Bonnie feels 
and the way that she navigates the friendships of feeling so uncertain with changes. And I think yeah. that you've just captured it so beautifully. And you're absolutely right. <laughs> when people change so much with inner growth during a time of, well, it was such an odd time for everyone, wasn't it? And everyone grows at different points. And I guess in school, you're saying that everyone sort of grows together, don't they? But when you're apart, you focus more so on your inner growth and you reflect and respond to your environment. So it's just really exactly. interesting for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, I think you put it perfectly there. Well, thank what you. do you hope that your readers take away from reading your book? I think I touched on this a little bit with the key themes question, but I do hope that readers can take away the message of not changing yourself for anyone, staying true to yourself and accepting yourself for who you are, despite what anyone else is doing around you. You have to learn to not hide your true self, and I hope that my readers can take that message away with them. Oh, Ella, that's just the perfect thing. That's, that's what everyone needs to do around that age, isn't it? It's so hard that when you're in school, between or when you're in high school, to learn about yourself and to accept yourself. And it's just such such a strong message for the world that we're living in right now. It can definitely, I think, in my opinion, be so easy to be influenced in school um, because status and popularity can seem some people so important and I understand it's not everybody in my age range but it can be so easy to be influenced in that way and so I hope that for people reading my book people can realize that they are who they are and they should accept themselves because at the end of the day you should accept yourself because that's who you are you're not anyone else I really do think that you should have some type of agony art page and that you can solve all of our social problems in the world with the way that you see things so clearly. It's just so nice oh, to see. You. Sorry if I'm gushing too much. I'm just really proud no. of you. <laughs> oh, I, I hope that your readers take that away from your book as well because the message is just so clear throughout of it. And there's so yeah. much love and care in Bonnie's journey over time, isn't there? And what Bonnie learns about herself the most. What, what do you think Bonnie learns the most within the story? In terms of accepting I, herself for who she is, like what what has she learned to accept about herself? That she's different from her friends and that her friend Kylie has changed and she has to accept that she hasn't changed in the same way that Kylie has and that's okay. You don't have to stay friends with people you were friends with in primary school. You don't have to stay friends with people who you were friends with in secondary school. People change, people grow and develop at different rates and that's okay. And that was really hard for Bonnie to accept. But at the end, she's accepting that she's different from her uh, friends and her friends are different from her. And yeah. <laughs> I think from my personal experience being an old, age witch, an old aged witch is that when you're at that age, you feel like it's really very important to have numbers of friends rather than the quality of friendships that you have. And that it's very difficult to put in healthy boundaries for yourself to go... I shouldn't accept the way that I'm being treated or I should feel comfortable to myself and my own skin. So I think that the takeaway from this book is just so important for young people around your age because there is such a power to go, actually, no, I'm not being myself. I need to be true to my authentic self. I'm putting those boundaries in place. So I, I think it's fantastic the way that you've described it. So next question. Um, does one of the main characters hold a special place in your heart? And if so, Why? Honestly, I do love all the characters that I've created, even the ones that are who who are easily unlikable, <laughs> like Jack and Sabrina. Um, but if I'm focusing on one character, 
I'd say Julio because he was the first character that I've created. Like, I made um, character mind maps for everybody so I could understand uh, their personalities, their backstory, and Julio was the first mind map that I made, and I think he was the first character I made a Pinterest board on, (laughs) and I like, throughout the story, I like to call him Bonnie's moral guide, and so... Yeah, for those two reasons, he holds a special place in my heart. That's so interesting. For some reason, I thought that you were going to say Bonnie. So that's, I'm really glad that you said Julio because no one ever thinks about that perspective, about that moral compass in a story. And I think that you're right, Julio is the person that sort of keeps everything on the path, doesn't he? And he comes in those big moments. He's so honest and for that, I think, oh, sorry, can I say that again? Yeah, he's so honest. He's so honest to Bonnie throughout the story and for that reason I think that he's very trustworthy and that's another thing that I like about him. I wish that we all had a friend like Julia in our lives that <laughs> felt comfortable enough to go actually this isn't okay and this is what's happening because we, yeah, all, we all need that don't we like a little Jiminy cr- Cricket but who's just honest and doesn't lie to you. Yeah. yeah, he can be a good friend to Bonnie. Although he is her cousin, he can be a really good friend to her. But at the same time, he can be honest with her. It's really important to have honest people around you at that age, isn't it? And that you refl- and that they help you to reflect your true self because you need to have people around you to help you grow. Exactly. I don't think that without Julio, Bonnie would have accepted herself because, as I said throughout the story, he was Bonnie's moral guide at every... Um, I'm not going to say wrong decision. I'm going to say unbody like decision. <laughs> Julio is always there, and that was intentional because I wanted him to be this little moral guide. And so I don't think Bonnie would have accepted herself at the rate that she did um, if Julia wasn't in the story. I think that's absolutely true, and I'm so glad that you wrote him in and the way that you did, and you held him in your heart throughout the process. Oh, that is another one in the bag. I wouldn't add anything to that one either. Yeah, also, I was very careful what I said because I don't want to say wrong decisions. I know. You've got to be very careful. I mean, when we're talking about wrong decisions, is there is there a wrong decision for a, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old? I guess at that age, I mean, I don't know how you'd view it, but I, I, I wouldn't say wrong decisions. I kind of see them as learning opportunities. Exactly, but, um, I think... Every mistake is a learning curve. And I don't think Bonnie makes any wrong decisions because all of these um, mistakes are, at the end of the day, what make her realise that she's been lying about who she is. And so without those little mistakes that she made, she wouldn't have accepted herself in the end. So they're really important. And in general, with young people and teenagers, it's important to make those mistakes. That's so true. I mean, going back to the theme of mental health in your book... I feel like I could be wrong, so let me know how you feel about it, but I feel like a lot of young people these days hold a lot of anxiety over what decision is the right decision, what decision is the wrong decision, and they really criticise themselves, and they criticise themselves so much internally that it might come across as um, anxious behaviours or just them feeling quite isolated or withdrawn. So how do we change a narrative around um, what decision-making is? Like, how do we help people to go actually... It's okay to sometimes make the wrong decision. If it's a safe decision, just to put that in, it's a safe decision because character growth and personal growth is really important and you only learn sometimes through 
not always saying yes. I think there's a big power of saying no, isn't there? Yes, and touching on uh, the pressures on young people um, theme again, I think that, especially at this age, I'm now in year 10, and I think there's so much pressure on young people about their future, like GCSE options and having post-16 evenings and learning about where you want to go to college, what A-levels you want to take, um, but primarily GCSEs. And it's like, oh, it's this big life-altering decision. I think that's how school and maybe media portray it, I think. Um, it's perceived as this big, scary thing and, oh, what if I've made the wrong decision and it's going to affect my life forever when really I don't think that's the case. I mean, I, yeah, that's not the case. You can change your path in life at any point to suit you, but I, I do feel that you're right that there's a lot of pressure on you when you reach that GCSE year and you feel like you buckle down and you have to do everything, don't you? But not, not your life isn't sat and determined at that age. So if you could meet your characters, what advice would you give them? Um, I think that one thing all my characters have in common is that they're all insecure. Some are much more obvious than others, you can tell throughout the story. So I would give them all advice around those insecurities. But I think it's difficult to give advice to people with insecurities because you can't just tell someone with a deep insecurity that they just shouldn't be insecure because that belief has to come from within. And so for that reason, it's tricky to give advice to people with insecurities. And so instead, I would tell, I would give my characters all the same advice that there's so much more to life outside of school. At my age, in some cases, it can be difficult um, to see what actually matters outside of secondary school. Um, And so I hope that my book can teach what actually matters through my characters. So to you, what actually matters? Like, what is important for your characters' lives? What matters to them? Um, I think, for me personally, family. Because Mm. Bonnie, um, her parents are going through a divorce and I think she focuses so much more on her school friendships And she doesn't realise that those school friendships might not be there forever, but family is always going to be there. And so I think she has a tough time prioritising what actually matters. And I understand for some people that might not be the case um, in terms of family, but I think just life outside of school matters more. I think that you're so, so right. There's so much pressure on young people today about their qualifications or what they achieve in school, or what they do extracurricular, in terms of extracurricular, but there's such a big importance on family, isn't there, and connection, and friendships, and feeling a part of a community. Um, Yeah. In terms of what you mentioned earlier about insecurities, if you were to take one character specifically, say for example Bonnie, your main character, what advice around her insecurities would you give her to help her support her growth? I would tell her earlier in the story to listen to Julio because throughout the story, Julio's um, telling her that she's not like Kylie and Kylie's not like her. And I think she's insecure because Kylie um, is the funny friend. She's the gorgeous friend. Um, She's got the really good grades. And Bonnie has those things too. I don't think that she sees it. And so... I would give advice to Bonnie to stop comparing herself. 
that's so beautiful and it's such an important message when you're at that age I mean not just at that age but now I think it needs to everyone needs to hear that especially in schools it's so so easy to compare yourself not just like Bonnie but with looks and personality but with your academics in class sometimes you can be ranked or just asking oh what did you get on the test what did you get on the test you're naturally wired to compare yourself and that isn't always healthy everyone's a snowflake aren't they everyone is inherently different and everyone has different strengths and passions in life that reflect differently and that we all can't be the same. So I think that's such an important message in your book, Ella, and I'm so glad that you've written about it. So if you could pick actors for your characters for a film, who would play which character? I can imagine McKenna Grace playing Bonnie. I mean, she's a little bit older than Bonnie and Bonnie is British, but I guess... For this question, that doesn't really matter. So <laughs> She can go in a class, it's going to be fine. And let's yeah, be yeah. honest, every person in Hollywood is like 30, aren't they, when they're playing teenagers? Playing a teenager. <laughs> and if we're ignoring age, I can picture Maya Hawke also feel Lilith playing Jack. And yeah, I don't really know about the rest, but those, those are just actresses that can stick in my mind. They two of my Maya, Maya Hawke would be like amazing, wouldn't she? Like that's the perfect casting. Sorry. I know, I think Robin is, like, so similar to Jack. She is, isn't she? Robin and from like, Stranger Things. I, I can see I can see her definitely being Robin from Stranger Things. That's fantastic. Yeah, like, at the start, she's so, like, um, both Robin and Jack have, like, this big shield and they're, like, scary and, like, <laughs> like sassy. But then towards the end, they kind of, like, open up a bit more and you see a more, like, human side to them. That is so true. Have you thought about who Julia could potentially be played by? <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Sorry to put you on the spot. No, I haven't actually, but I'm going to think about that. Well, no, that's... no on, off the top of my head, I can't think of any... Um, and no, I can't. That's a job for you and your Pinterest board. Think about who exactly. could play Julia. <laughs> Have you thought about any of the characters that could be cast, potentially? Um... I think Millie Bobby Brown would be could be good for Bonnie or Kylie either. Mm. She's an amazing actress. She could play. She could play Julia. She, she, she's amazing. She could play anyone. She could play anyone. Millie Bobby Brown. I love her. <laughs> yeah, and um, Bella Ramsey, I think, would be good for Sabrina. It's gonna show my age now, but who is Bella Ramsey? Oh, she was in... I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but she was in Game of Thrones. Oh, who... Oh. And I saw her in um, The Worst Witch. Oh, and I know now. It's okay. I've got this. I've got a mental picture. I think her full name is Isabella Ramsey, so I might be saying that wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I've got it. Thank you for... I needed that. I needed that. Okay. Have you thought about who would play Bonnie's mum? That's a tough one. That's a tough one right there. Hmm... I'm gonna be. I, I don't, oh, don't know. worry, don't, don't worry. Know. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. I think yeah, in my. I've only really thought of teen um actresses. Do you want to ever think about um mums and films? I always think the best mother in a film ever is Molly Weasley. I can't remember the <laughs> name of the actress. Whenever I think of a mum, I'm like Molly Weasley. You are the one. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Walters. Oh, it's it was Julie Walters, isn't it? Yeah, no, she's just the ultimate mum in my mind. 
I can actually see I can see Kristen Bell playing um Bonnie's mum. Did you know Christian Bale is Welsh? That's like really? I, I, yeah. I always have to put in whenever there's a Welsh person. Sorry, I'm, for anyone listening, I am I am Welsh. But whatever, I'm like yes, he's he's one of us. Actually, I claim Christian Bale when he's being a good person. I might add, not when he's having <laughs> outbursts. But yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm in. Wait, I think we're talking about different people. Oh no, are we? Wait, I'll show you who I'm thinking Christian, of. Ba- Christian Bale was in Batman. Christian Bale. Oh, Christian Bale. <laughs> Sorry. Like, Look at me, I was I'm like, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. I th- I thought you were talking about someone else that I clearly did not yeah, hear you properly. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought you meant like, um, I don't know why I misheard, but I thought you meant the dad. I was like, yeah, Christian Bale, Christian Bale. But I don't like Christian Bale. Who, I don't know. Oh, he's the Batman. He's like, I'm Batman. Well, that was the awful Batman impression on my end. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just laughing. It's like we're talking about two different people. Christian Bale. Like, what are you saying? She's Welsh. We were talking about a guy. And I was you're like, like Veronica Mars. You're like Veronica Mars. I love how you're like... Anna from Frozen, and I'm like Veronica Mars. <laughs> Shows my age again. But yeah, no, I think Kristen Bell would be fantastic. I really off rail this. I'm so sorry. That's typical. But yeah. I've just completely ignored like accents and age and all that, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, for, for me to you, whenever you're casting in the future, just keep Kristen Bell in the back of your mind. You might need some work. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> You can play Mr. Bamhorn. Yes. Yeah. Who's gonna be the head the headmistress? <gasps> oh I think okay, this is not an actress, but when I think of um Mistress Helen, I mm. think the animation mum no not the actress, mm. but the animation of the mother from Coraline. Oh, and when she's coming yeah. the spider, that's what I had envisioned for um, Mistress Helen's it's not an actress that's a character and I oh no no I, I, I can when, when I was reading Mistress Helen I was like you've got Caroline mum vibes just <laughs> exactly. like I'm like you have buttons for eyes <laughs> that's perfect I think I think like fan casting wise you've got this down that is beautiful oh. what are some of your favourite authors that you feel influenced your work and what impact have they had on your writing so far I must say, I didn't really have a favourite author. Like, rather than reading lots of books by one author, I prefer to read single books by lots of different authors. Oh, cool. But one author who inspired me with writing my novel, not my novel, was <laughs> Abby Emmons. She self-published her first novel in 2019, I think, and I would watch her writing videos on YouTube whilst I was writing my book. I'd have them, like, playing in the background she did videos on how to write character profiles and how to find your story's theme and stuff like that. And these videos impacted me and my writing so positively because her YouTube video really helped me improve and taught me a lot about writing and my style of writing. And so I love her YouTube channel. And even when I'm not um, writing, I'll just watch it sometimes. Oh, that's that's lovely. And I just want to say as well, it was so nice to hear you saying my novel. I think that there's such a big power to you to go, yeah, I'm writing, I've written a novel. I'm going to publish a novel. How exciting is that? Come on. Honestly, it's such a like, surreal thing, especially like 
um, some people at my school, they asked if they could um, interview me about my book in the school newsletter. And just hearing someone say, your book, that's like, wait, this is like, this is real? Like, it's so, like, surreal because you don't hear people my age publishing books. And so it's so weird to think that. Uh, I'm going to publish a book at 15 like that's insane it's amazing and it's so nice to hear the happiness in your voice as well and you've worked so hard on this and it's just amazing I can't wait for people to hold it in their hands and to have it be their safe space because I think your book is going to help so many young people your age just to see themselves oh that honestly I can't like this sounds so cringy but (laughs) I actually feel so like you just saying that it's going to inspire loads of young people like actually makes me like I'm like, I'm actually going to, like, tear up. And that sounds uh, so cringy. It's not cringy. Like, just thinking about kids in my position, like, two years ago when I was struggling, mm-hmm. reading this and that helping them. Oh, my God, I'm literally getting, like, <laughs> teary-eyed. Hey, oh just God. whenever you're feeling teary, like, always remember that tears aren't always bad. Like, ha- tears come from happiness as well. And it's it's a way that our body just accepts itself and it's fine to cry. I mean, when I was reading a book, I was sobbing at the end because I was like, I needed this when I was 14 or 15. <laughs> I wouldn't have been an angsty goth. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that phase yet. Give it time. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> after, if that's a sequel, maybe Bonnie will be going for that phase. <laughs> <gasps> the sequel. Oh, I hope, she's a, I hope she's a punk goth. But no, give you time yeah. as well. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have lots of no doubt and riot girl on it and we will get down <laughs> but no that's that's fabulous I, I loved how you're talking about that author as well and it's so nice that you're um, shining a light on authors who self-publish as well because it is yeah. so hard to get into the public industry especially when you're young yeah I know she she's older than me she's an adult but still for a young person to publish self-publish a novel is just insane like I don't know her obviously but I'm like so proud of her that she was able to do this and self-publish it all on her own um on top of having a YouTube channel like wow you know what I always find that when you write a book you write a bit of yourself on your book so I, I would say that you probably do know her because you know what her soul is thinking through her writing so it, it's whenever you pick up a book it's like a soul touch isn't it it's like That's the author going yeah. Well, that's how I see books. Whenever I look at a book, I'm like, this is how I'm feeling right now. I'll soul touch this and I'll feel a bit better. So I say, if I'm a bit sad, I'll pick up Matilda and I'll feel happy at the end about how amazing Matilda is. And it's just that sort of soul touch. Do you like listening to music? And if you do, what music inspired or accompanied this book? Instead of listening to music, I'd have those Write With Me videos on YouTube playing in the background. The ones by Abby Emmons, who I was just speaking about. I'd have her videos playing in the background, but I do have a playlist of songs that I think would accompany my book. Um, I think the lyrics of You're Somebody Else by Flora Cash and Everybody's Changing by um, Keen really resonate with the themes and the plot of the book. And I think the lyrics are so true to Bonnie and so true throughout the plot. And so I think those two songs would accompany my book. That's so that's so weird, Alex. When I was reading your book, I was like, oh, Keen, why is this reminding me of Keen? And it did. And I hadn't, I hadn't listened to Keen in such a long time. And I thought, wow, this is a blast from the past. So thank you for thinking of Keen. I actually discovered that song when I was on the car on the way to school during lockdown um and the lyrics I was like oh this is actually so sad but so cute and then 
when I was writing my book, I was like, the world's like, everybody's changing and I don't feel the same. That is literally Bonnie. Like, if you could summarise Bonnie's character throughout the book, it would just be that everybody's changing and she doesn't feel the same. You see, I, I can picture Bonnie in the back of the car. It's raining outside really heavily. Keen comes on the radio and she's looking there like Joey and friends, just a single tear. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but no, that's, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And um, it'd, be, it'd be great to listen to the soundtrack and maybe we can share it for people listening to the podcast as well. Because it's always nice whenever you're reading a book to listen to what inspired the writer so I know that when I read books I'll say for example Sarah J Mass and uh, she's written a lot of YA fantasy whenever I read Sarah J Mass books I listen to her playlist on Spotify it's just oh, cool. yeah it helps you immerse yourself in the writer's world to have a feeling of what those characters are feeling at any set time I think as well yeah and it can help you visualize it like it's a movie <laughs> Yeah, which will be starring Christian Bale, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, playing Bonnie's mum. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you probably shouldn't do that because whenever we cast trans actors or non-binary actors, they should have those lived experiences. But yes, I feel like I have to say that because I'm very passionate about lived experience people. But for the context of my not hearing what you said properly, yeah, definitely. (laughs) oh gosh that really made me laugh what advice would you give a writer working on their first book like yourself um I was told that I shouldn't rush the process of working on a book despite how excited I am and how eager I am to get a copy of the book in my hands (laughs) and I'm so excited for people to read it and um be inspired and take away those messages that are important to me but at the same time it's so important to learn that good things take time and rushing it is not a good thing because then you're not going to get out all the messages that you want Mm -hmm. and so I would pass that advice on to a writer working on their best book. That is so important I feel like when you're creative you just want to get going as fast as possible to hold your things you're absolutely right but there is such power in taking time to go have I got the right message here is this sensitive to the communities that this um, topic or this book might represent and is it truthful to the experiences of people around me and I think that you've done such a good job in measuring your responses to the topics that you discuss and the fact that it's really sensitive. But you're right, I think that's such an important message to give young people starting out, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. And also, I was so important to me to... to oh, sorry, can I say that again? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. It was so important to me to portray Bonnie's story um, accurately because whilst I may interpret it um, Bonnie's story in one way other people may interpret it differently and so it was really important for me to take my time so that everybody could be heard and that multiple people can read Bonnie's story and feel that way um, because Bonnie's story isn't my story Bonnie's story is a combination of loads of fictional stories that could be someone else's real story oh that's just perfectly put Ella and I think that's the great way to answer um, as this is drawing to a close, um, what final message would you want to give people about your book or would you like to say about any of the topics inside of it? Um, pass it on. If you're going to read my book and take away the message, you don't need to tell everyone to buy the book as well, but please pass <laughs> the messages on inside of it because it's so important to me to get out everything that I'm trying to say. Even if you don't read my book, um, just 
Sorry, wait. Well, no, I don't know. Wait. No, you were saying it. You were saying it perfectly. Passing it on is really important. Yeah. So I think that it's really great that you're addressing the fact that maybe not everyone can afford to buy the book, and that you want it to be a community into itself, don't you? So it's pass it on, let the message spread to other people, and let other people find pockets of hope, pockets of inspiration, and pockets of being seen and heard. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I do concur. <laughs> Yeah. What she said. <laughs> I think you said it perfectly when we were talking about the themes. Like you yeah, want it. Just, yeah, just for editing. Could you just take out the last thing? Is even if you don't buy my book, because that was not very good marketing. Just take out the last sentence. But I, th- I think that when we're going through the process, I mean, it, it's not good marketing, but it's the truth. I think the truth is really important. You want it to go into people's hands. And we, we need to recognise that people might not be able to afford things at the minute. Yeah. So there's like there's an importance to go. You want it to be a community. You want it to go from person to person because you want people to feel seen, don't you? Yeah, at the start, I think I said it perfectly in the sense that if you've read my book, pass on the message. Mm. But at the end, I got my words muddled where I was like, if you don't read it, then, um, wait, then you wouldn't know the message. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But I knew what I was saying at the start, but towards the end, I just got my words muddled. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, I agree with what I was saying at the start. If you've been affected by any topics covered in our podcast today, please head to www.comicsyouth.co.uk forward slash signposting, and there'll be a range of resources available for yourselves there. Additionally, if you're interested in anything to do with the Marginal Publishing House, please send us an email at hi at comicsyouth.co.uk. Thanks so much for your time. Bye.